0: Hello and welcome to the one one hundred and six of a second photography podcast. I have had a bit of a break, just life getting in the way is how I'm going to describe it, but now hopefully I'm back. There are a few housekeeping things that we need to talk about. So the most important thing is where Apple iTunes lives has moved to my new provider because I've recently switched provider. So please resubscribe if you need to. So if you subscribe to Apple iTunes when my podcast was solely on SoundCloud, then now is a good time to resubscribe because I've moved it to my new provider. I'm still putting podcast episodes up on SoundCloud, but I can't keep the full back catalogue up because that's not my main provider anymore. If you want to peruse the back catalogue, go to Anchor or go to Spotify or go to the new link for the Apple iTunes podcast. So those are the main things that I needed to clear up. We're now in season two, so season one finished at episode 77 and it felt like the end of season one because I had a bit of a pause. Had I not had a pause, I just would have kept going. And I felt like I should officially declare this episode as part of season two. So episode 78 is season two, but I'm just going to keep the episode numbers going. So we're officially in season number two. And the title of this episode is called Portraits Near and Far, because in the last three days, I've done three portrait shoots in varying conditions, not in varying conditions, in different locations, in different parts of the country with two themes. I've shot both with prime lenses, both with Canon DSLRs. Not the same DSLR, interestingly. So my first two shoots I shot with the 5D classic and on my third shoot, I shot with the Canon 200D on the third shoot. I went further and I went on public transport. So that was why I went with the 200D because it's so much lighter. And I travelled for me, I travelled really light. I took no light stands, I didn't take any flash or anything, and and it was great. So why have I called this near and far? Well, in all three shoots, I took two lenses. In the first shoot, I took a 35mm F2 Canon lens, which is a really good lens. And I also took the 200mm F2.8. So I went from very wide angle to very telephoto and I was able to get a really good balance of images with those. So the wide angle looked more like you would see sort of on Instagram and the 200 millimeter looked like a more traditional portrait lens. So on this shoot, they weren't images that were your traditional portraits of just sort of heads, shoulders, upper body. I was getting full body images in in most cases where space permitted because it was a location shoot. And there were some areas where I couldn't back up far enough, even with a 35 millimeter um, lens on on a full frame, of course. So 35 millimeter on a full frame is 35 millimeter and 35 millimeter on an APS-C body for Canon is approximately 50 millimeter or just under. So there were times when space was tight and I was shooting with a 35 and found space was tight. There are times I had loads of space because I was almost in a field and I chose to shoot with 35 and I chose to shoot with 200. When you have 35, you can get closer to your subject. And getting closer to your subject means that they're the same size in the frame as if you back up and take the photo with a telephoto lens. So what's the difference? Well, the difference is when you get closer with a wide angle lens, you get more of the background in and and it's not maybe so blurry, so you're giving away what's in your background. You're putting someone in the context of the environment. And I had to be really careful with this because there are things I didn't want to see. in the pictures and there are things that could not be photoshopped or cropped out. So it was a lovely location. It was an old location. It was a country location, but there was a skip and I took a picture and I noticed the skip was in it, so I didn't change my position relative to the model. I didn't back away to sort of get the skip out. I just turned the way we were shooting. So I turned the direction I moved around to the left, I think, so that I got the skip out of the left hand corner. But we also were playing with the sun. So in the last three days in the UK, it's been really, really hot. It's been really, really sunny. So we're shooting around not quite golden hour, but just before golden hour. So I didn't want to be out shooting late in golden hour, so it's just before golden hour. So golden hour hadn't officially kicked in, but you get the idea the sun was getting lower and it was giving better pictures. Talk about my third shoot and the sun later. So we were able to get quite nice backgrounds in. you could see that where we were and the background and the location were almost as part as much a part of the shoot as as the person I was shooting with and then going to telephoto. It meant that you didn't get that. You got more emphasis on the subject, so I had to back away. But pretty much I was either getting half portrait or full body in. Occasionally I was doing sort of a tighter headshot. But most of the time, irrespective of what lens I was using, it was the full body I was getting in for the person I was shooting. So when shooting with the 200, it was very narrow. The background blurred to a very creamy blurred background, even though it was f 2.8 lens, that's all you need when you're shooting at 200 millimetres. You don't need anything faster. You get a lovely sort of compression of the background and it blurs out. You could go shoot on a building site and it would blur out all the scaffolding and you wouldn't necessarily know you're on a building site. So we got these fantastic images, but they contrast and they contrast between wide and telephoto and they contrast between your sort of traditional approach to portrait images and your more modern Instagram smartphone era approach to portrait images. I happen to like both. Some time ago, I had a podcast episode talking about selfie sticks and the guest I had on really talked about shooting 35 millimeter as the new normal because that's what people are expecting from Instagram and you shoot 35 millimeters and you will get way better images than with your smartphone. But it has that sort of smartphone look and that is what maybe some people Consider normal now to me, normal is 50 millimetres. I like telephoto where you get the blurry background and stuff. But I also see that times are changing and styles are changing. The 35 millimetre was an F2. It had image stabilisation, but due to the brightness and shooting predominantly at F2, I didn't need image stabilisation. It's one of those things like autofocus. It's always on for me. I don't turn it off because I never need to. I don't shoot on a tripod or anything so there's no need to ever turn it off. So the images were really good and you know had the personalized photographing with their back to the sun and using a reflector to just balance out the light. I got some amazing images and I got a really good contrast. So that was shoot number 1. Shoot number 2 was again in a very similar location. I went to this location to do photography with someone and It's sort of like we stepped into Narnia. I I arrived at the location and we sort of stepped through this threshold and we were in a completely different place and and they knew about going to this completely different place. So did a few in the sort of expected place and stepped through the threshold. And I think that's really where photography uh, that's really where the photography took off. Again, this was not during golden hour like the first shoot. I say golden hour, it, it was just before golden hour, but I'll call it golden hour. This was at that time of day when maybe three, four o'clock. At that time of day, four five, six o'clock where it is bright in the summer in the UK. Harsh shadows, um, harsh lighting. Makes it more of a challenge for this because for this shoot, I took with me flash and I was immediately thinking high speed sync and I did use high speed sync and high speed sync enabled me to overcome the challenges of harsh light. So sort of I I got so far and I stopped because the the last thing you want to do when you do photography with someone is you want you don't want to be fussing about sorting your flash out. Not as the first thing you need to fuss about sorting your flash out because that's what takes good images. But to start with, you just take some images and see what you've got. You get to know the person a bit better. I wouldn't want to be turning up for a photo shoot as the person we had photographed and waiting for someone to tinker about with their flash. I'd want to get into it. So got into it, did did some shots, and I got to a point where I thought, no, oh, the lighting is dreadful and I can't hide it anymore. So. I hid it because the first few shots we did, the person was wearing a hat. Fantastic. So that meant their face was in shadow. So that meant their face was nice and even. Then we took the hat off and they were not their fault. Um, There were trees and things. So it meant there were ghastly, horrible shadows that really weren't very good. So got the flash out and actually putting up the softbox on the light stand took Took a while and fiddling about, and high speed sync is always like the last bit. It's that extra mile. So you put your light stand up, you get your triggers working, you get your flash working, you then put the softbox on. I'd gone for a softbox that was put really, really portable, but everything gear wise is a compromise in photography, probably in anything you do. So really portable softbox that meant it was a little bit more hassle to set up at the time what you pay for portability you lose for ease of setup. So I fiddled about with that, did some test shots, etc. And now we're ready. So it was probably a good good place to set that up. There was a, a natural lull in the photography because we were getting to the point where things needed to be changed, otherwise we'd get too much of a similar look similar look. So that was really good. And you know it was the hat had come off. It, we we got we got past the hat. It was time to lose the hat. But actually setting up the softbox, what that did was that blocked out the harsh sunlight and created shadow on the face. And actually, I could have got a few shots with without flash at all because I'd built this, um, I'd unintentionally built some sort of shade in and and that would have worked equally well. However, I'd gone this far, so I, I got high speed sync up and working. And the difference was night and day. It looks like. The quality of the light looked like it wasn't harsh conditions at all. So I was shooting at. Sort of F2 because I was shooting with a 50 millimeter, I think I was for that. For the second shoot, I took a 50 millimeter, my lovely Sigma 50 millimeter 1.4 and my 200 F2.8. These are my, you know, my very favorite lenses and very good for a portrait shoot. So I took those with me and I was swapping between them, but ultimately the speeds I was shooting at were sort of one two thousandth of a second, one sixteen hundredth of a second, crazy speeds. But the shots just looked natural. It looked like there wasn't any harsh sun, it looked like it was a sort of overcast day. I had complete control of the light. And I was really pleased with that. And also I was so pleased that the batteries didn't run out because normally high speed sync really drains the batteries and my triggers didn't run out of battery and that was really good as well. So I went between 50 and 200 on a full frame again and the images were fairly similar. Reviewing the images, I prefer the levels of sharpness, contrast and color on the 50 millimeter than I do on the Canon 200 millimeter. But I always expected that I've never really had anything better than the 50 millimeter that that is the pinnacle of my lenses. But I do like to really compress and zoom in with the 200 as well. So they're my sort of top lenses. So then we went to different locations through this through this threshold. I used a reflector for some images and I used flash for some images and I used nothing for other images, because I placed the person in in such a way I put their back to the sun and their own hair and face was in shadow simply by moving their head. So I was say, so oh, move your head this way. Look at my hand. And I hold my hand up and say, look at my hand, because if they look one way, it was horrible, harsh light. If they look the other way, it was nice, nicer light. So I got some really good images. I was really pleased. They were really pleased. I'm yet to edit them, but I will edit them very soon. The only thing was in certain conditions, my camera was maxing out at one eight thousandth of a second It was blinking at me. I was shooting an aperture priority and it was blinking at me. So I knew it was maxing out when I was reviewing the images, there was some definite white clipping there because it was just so bright. I tried using a polarizing filter, but it brought back some of the blue from the sky and certainly I could see that in the optical viewfinder, but I don't think it made a huge difference to the end images, and of course, shooting directly into sun, I lost quite a lot of contrast shooting into the sun, even with a lens hood on. Both my lenses have lens hoods on. The two hundred mm has a massive lens hood, and because it's an owl lens. It's lined with felt. That's the sign of something classy. It's lined with felt, black felt. But I was losing, depending on my position relative to the, the person and the sun. I was getting quite hazy images. So some weren't hazy and they were really good and and some were. So that was shoot number two. Again, really, really sunny conditions. And then shoot number three was the most sunniest of conditions. Shoot number three was ridiculously sunny. Shoot number three was probably the sunniest conditions I've ever shot in. So shoot number three came together very last minute. That was my fault and that was sort of. Yeah, I, I think I took ages to reply to the person. They took a while to reply to me. That meant sort of I was sat down eating my breakfast, not expecting the shoot to go ahead and saw a message from them. And so, right, I walked my toast down and, and I shot off and, and got the train and went into London to do a shoot. So I going into London on a hot day, in fact, just going into London, I don't want to take a lot of kit, I did take two lenses. Now, I took my Canon. 35 millimeter F2, which I took on the first shoot, didn't want to take the 200 millimeter because I don't want to have to back up that much. And I would have had to back up an awful lot using a crop sensor body. I would have had to, you know, we're talking 320 millimeters on a crop sensor Canon. No, thanks. So I toyed with the idea of taking the 50 millimeter, which would have given some lovely images, however, it's really heavy compared to the Canon 35. So the Canon 35 millimeter is a light lens. It's got on a lens hood that's third party because the Canon price for the lens hood was ridiculous. In fact, I felt the third party price for the, ca- for the lens hood was very expensive, but no way as ridiculous as the Canon one. So it's nice having a lens hood. It's a small lens. It's not that old 35 millimeter, which is like this metal one. So Canon did an F2, which was really small. That's quite a sought after lens. It's very sharp. I used to have that and I just didn't use it. So I sold it and then later I got the Canon 35 millimeter, the, the newer one with image stabilization and and it's a good lens and I prefer it. The, the older one was smaller. It felt more metal, but it, it was really quite small. Not that that's a problem, but it was slow to focus as well. The newer one is much quicker to focus, much better. It's almost like it's STM because it's really quick and using it for video. It's quick as well. It, it's a nice one for video. Don't forget, on the 200D, we've got that really nice dual pixel autofocus, which is why I bought it 60 frames per second with really quick and accurate and prominent autofocus was why I bought that camera It just transforms video making. So I took the 35 millimeter. Now, when I'm using my Canon 200D, I've got a 24 millimeter EFS lens, so it won't fit on a full frame camera. It's only for APS-C. I'd say it's smaller than two fingers width. maybe it's two fingers width with the lens cap on. So it's almost like if you're going to take the camera, you might as well take that lens and just put it on the front. It takes up no more room and it's no more weight. So I took that and between 24 and 35, the 24 effectively becomes a 35, the 35 effectively becomes a 50. So while I've said this podcast is called near and far, It's not a great deal of difference between those two. It's the next progression on the focal length It's one to the other. But the 24 is very good at a specific shot. When I do my YouTube videos, I leave the 24 on most of the time. So I can do a thing where I can crop in on a lens, but I lose autofocus. So if I need to crop in, I can I can do that digitally. So don't forget these are prime lenses. But generally, I, I don't need to. I can just move, move the camera and the 24mm goes down to f2.8. It's wildly sharp. It's an incredibly sharp lens from corner to corner. It's brilliantly sharp. I don't know how they quite did it. it, it it's amazing. But most of the time I was using the 35mm. That seemed a more natural environmental pho- photography focal length because it became 50 and it was f2, so that became sort of equivalent of F3.2 on on a full frame. So F3.2 on a full frame with a a wide field of view. We're not going to get really that blurry a background. But again, the the images will look so much more professional than anything taken on a smartphone. So this really was sort of Instagram territory. So uh, the person I was photographing, we talked quite a lot about Instagram and I confess that I still don't have an Instagram. Yeah, we talked about that. And I said, I think these images will be looking quite Instagram ish, but high end professional Instagram ish. I think they'll be very good. Again, I've not yet edited them. I'm back backed up with editing at the moment. So where did the 24 millimeter came in? Well, for some shots, the person lay down and I stood above them and gone overhead view, And that works really well with the 24 millimeter with the 35 millimeter. I can't get the whole body in, even if I stand on tiptoes. And I hold the camera above my head and I tilt the screen so that I can I can compose using live view. Now, it, it, it doesn't work, particularly if someone is quite tall or long lying down. So with the 24, I can just do it. So the 24 it is really good for those shots. And it means my arms aren't aching from having a heavy lens. Now, I could get if I do like 35 millimeter or if I really like 35 millimeter on a crop body, I suppose I could get a faster 35mm lens. But I've never really seen seen the point. I think F2 is is good enough for me. I could get a one point four. I'm sure there's a Sigma one point four and I'm sure there is a Canon L one point four. But it never really seems needed or necessary. I'll live with F2 and I'll I will keep the image stabilisation as well. Because I think on a Sigma And a Canon 35mm, you know, the top ones, as I've just talked about, I don't think they're image stabilization. So, yeah, I'm not going to go there. It might be a lens I rent to try just to see what it's like. I'd be interested in that, but I'm probably not going to go there because I'm probably not going to get those out of focus backgrounds because it's so wide. So on the third shoot, the sun was beating down and I said it was late planned. And because it was a bank holiday Sunday, the trains weren't very good because that's when all the maintenance work is done, because I'm going to London on the busiest line in the country. So when it's not so busy, they reduce the trains and they do a lot of maintenance. So we didn't start shooting till 11. So that meant we ended up shooting at midday, the worst time to shoot photography of a person at midday. So got some good shots. I didn't bring flash with me and I wasn't feeling about with the light stand. So I got some good shots, but the conditions were really, really difficult and I couldn't blur out backgrounds because of the lens choices I'd made. However, had I brought bigger lenses, had I brought my 200, it would have been impractical on an APS-C body. Had I brought my 50, it would have been heavy and I maybe wouldn't have had enough space to back up. There are a few images that were taken that you wouldn't think were taken in London because we came across some locations you wouldn't expect in a big city. So what have I learned from near and far? Would I rather just have a zoom lens? Would I rather just have a 24 to 70? No, I don't think I would. One, I've already got my prime lenses and I love my prime lenses. Two, I wouldn't be able to get quite the quality with the zoom lens. Now, zoom lenses are getting better, but in terms of weight, It's probably going to be the same to carry a two hundred and a thirty five compared to carrying a proper twenty four to seventy or seventy to two hundred. In fact, I don't think I could cover that range with one zoom lens. And and if there was a zoom lens that could cover that range, it would have a very high aperture value. So thirty five and two hundred, I think, works really well. You get both ends of the spectrum and it's useful to have and the 35 millimeter lens really isn't a chore to carry along. It, it's fairly light, the 24, the 50 and the 200. That also is a good, good combination. And for this shoot, I did a 15. The 50 worked so much better than a 35 would have. So I'm really glad I took that 50 rather than the 35. And for bobbing about in London on an incredibly hot and trying day, it wasn't trying because of the person I was working with, it was trying just because it was bank holiday and just because it was busy. Had I just taken the 24, it wouldn't have been right. Had I just taken the 35, I would have got 90% of what I wanted. But there were occasions where the 35 just wasn't wide enough. So I'm I'm glad with my choices of lenses. Do you think I'm crazy not having a zoom lens and just carting long primes? Or do you completely agree that it's probably better to have primes? There isn't a right answer. It all depends on your compromises. As I said earlier in the episode, whatever you pick, there's a compromise. Very portable, more time to set up, very light, blows away easily, etc. It's a continual compromise. And I suppose the way around it is to have an assistant to lug your gear around or to hold the flash or to hold the reflector. But the compromise then is it's going to cost you more money because you've got to pay an assistant or have someone who just loves to do that, which is quite rare to find. So do let me know what you think. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on two primes versus one zoom. Don't forget, it might be worthwhile you resubscribing to the Apple iTunes link. And of course, you'll find all the links in the description below. Thank you. Goodbye.